Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, July 20th. This is episode number 156. My name is Justin Hewn. I'm your host and founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, another decent day out there in the markets. Uh, generally speaking, uranium did well as well. Overall, uh, most stocks were generally in the green. We had a really good day in the ASX last night and uh, followed through a bit today, outperformed the, the, the broad market, the S&P, which was also up today. And um, yeah, it looks like we're, we're continuing uh, to see a little bit of a recovery here. Again, we're not looking at breakout volumes. Um, but either way, it's looking positive nonetheless, and we continue to build a fundamental base as well, which I'm going to speak about briefly in the mailbag section. Um, again, I want to highlight that tomorrow, uh, Thursday, July 21st, will be our July members-only webinar. I've mentioned that in the past few episodes. This is a, uh, I think this is going to be a very good uh, webinar. I think that um, our guest is going to have a lot to share, and we're really going to drill down into the fundamentals of the fuel cycle. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the mailbag section, but first let's go through the daily scoreboard here. Spot price of uranium unchanged, again, very quiet. Um, generally speaking, this is not a time of the year when the spot price really moves a lot, but there's so much else going on right now in the back end of, this, of the fuel cycle. And fundamentally speaking, that um, the, the, the spot price is almost, it's almost irre irrelevant here. It's, it's the most visible element that we all look at that is uh, updated intraday that investors can see. So obviously we track it, we watch it, and it does have an influence on contracting as well. But relative to what's going on in the back end of the fuel cycle, the spot price movement, especially right now on such low volumes, is really almost irrelevant. Sput obviously did not raise any money. They did not uh, issue any new shares because they're still trading at a discount. However, that discount to NAV has shrunk yet again. Yesterday, minus 5.69% with spot flat and the trust trading slightly down today, sitting right around a 6% discount to NAV as of the close today. Still sitting on a bit uh, bit over 55 million in cash in their treasury. Yesterday, neither ETF, URA, or URNM reported any changes to outstanding shares. I've, I've mentioned many times before that there's a two to three day lag on this reporting. So possible we see some share issuance from the movements in the last couple of days, although as I mentioned, we haven't seen breakout volumes yet here. So, but we did see URNM issue shares yesterday, or at least report that issuance yesterday. Um, let's take a look at the charts. URA decent day up 1.65 percent on increasing volume. Uh, a lot of the stocks had better volume today. That was a good thing to see. Um, we are back above that lower trend line within this long-term Livermore accumulation cylinder. And again, I've mentioned this many times. This is not really something that I hang my hat on. I find it an interesting pattern. We traded below that lower trend line for a few weeks on very obvious positive divergence from the relative strength. Now the RSI is moving up extremely well here. We are back above that 50 level in the RSI, and we could see a very, very nice move here. Let's see how this follows through, or if we run out of gas as we have on previous shorter term counter trend rallies within this uh, bear market over the past few months. It's brought physically uranium trust uh, trading slightly down on the day, volume still not there, institutions still not showing up in size. Cameco 
decent day, up 0.72% after a very, very nice day yesterday. Good volume again, above average volume again, but not huge. Relative strength looking very, very strong. Um, Cameco has been leading the pack. In fact, Cameco is close to its 200-day moving average, which is actually moving up. Um, very good to see. One of the strongest charts in the space. And honestly, where Cameco goes, the sector goes. So I'd like to see this chart outperform, generally speaking. Let's see how uh, the miners did relative to the metal. Another strong day. Uh, this, this is a very, very nice move off of that low about two weeks ago where we were back at valuations previ previously to the start of, uh, of the actual bull market for uranium equities. So very, very nice bounce here. Honestly, this is almost like a V-shaped recovery here. I wouldn't be surprised to see this um, pull back a little bit. Maybe this pulls back to the 50-day before regaining some, some steam and some momentum. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And this is happening on increasing volume. That is always very good to see. Lastly, URA relative to the S&P 500. Uh, another strong day, up 1% relative to the S&P. I like to see this. I'm happy to see this back above that trend line. And since the beginning of this bull market, anytime we are at or, or, or near that trend line, even this undercut low, this very well could prove to be a, the low of this intracycle pullback that we've experienced over the past month or so. Um, it's very likely that that was the low. Let's see if we come back and retest this trend line. Uh, like I said, we've seen uh, a decent recovery over the past week or so in uranium equities. So we'll see if that loses some steam, runs out of gas here and pulls back, or if we power through. What we really need to see is volume showing up. All right. Before uh, I mention the mailbag section here, I just want to say that, um, I, or excuse me, before I address the question that came to me, I want to highlight that there was yet another prominent piece in the Wall Street Journal on nuclear energy. That's two days in a row. And that's, uh, gosh, it's probably, it's probably more than 10 articles this year in the Wall Street Journal, but it's really picking up speed here. Uh, so this, this article was uh, titled The Global Nuclear Comeback. This is an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal that came out today. Um, this sector was completely orphaned uh, two years ago, even less than two years ago. Uh, this is not something that anybody really had any interest in even two years ago, besides investors and people who are, you know, uh, let's say environmental advocates who actually did their homework on nuclear were pushing for nuclear around that time and prior to that. So uh, what's happening right now is really, really different. And uh, I think it's worth highlighting again. Now I talk about the fundamentals on this show and that's really what I focus on, even though I review the charts on a daily basis. Um, as a fundamental investment, you know, the pullback, this is gonna be seen in hindsight, in my opinion. And, you know, I could be wrong, but it's my opinion now that we're going to look back on this moment in time, one year, two years from now, as really an ultimate by the dip when it was, it was never more obvious of where this market was going to go. And yet the equities didn't yet believe it. And that is what I've been saying over the past months that this opportunity is here and it's unique. And I believe that to be the case. And so as we're seeing uh, articles like this show up in the Wall Street Journal and the recognition of nuclear as a solution to the global energy crises that are being faced in many countries around the world, that case continues to build. We heard news this morning that the UK has approved the, uh, the, the construction, gave the green light 
for the construction of the Sizewell C nuclear power plant. This is a biggie. This is 3,200 megawatts. That's another very positive element in terms of fundamentals. I talk all the time about the fuel cycle, the news flow, it's almost every day. So I've mentioned multiple times that what I like to see uh, when I'm looking at when I'm looking at a stock, when I'm looking at a sector, but in particular a stock, technically speaking, looking at a chart, right? After a pullback, I'd like to see a base being formed. Um, I never really trust V-shaped recoveries, uh, even though sometimes that can be the case, especially with very sharp downdrafts like March 2020, right? The COVID crash. That was a V-shaped recovery and that held, um, at least for a while. I prefer um, a long base or at least a decent base to be formed after a pullback before the next leg up. And it really, you, you can gather some, some momentum and you can see a lot of uh, longer term accumulation. Um, you, you know, the, the people that give up on the sector, that they just can't handle either the volatility or the waiting, right? Um, you know, Warren Buffett has a famous quote, I'm, and then this is paraphrasing, but basically the stock market is a very efficient mechanism for transferring money from the impatient to the patient. And that's absolutely the case. Um, you come into an investment or a trade with an agenda on how soon you'll get your money back, how soon you'll get X return on this investment. And that's really, that's really a setup for uh, disappointment. But what I'm trying to say is, looking at a stock and seeing a long base being formed prior to launch. Now what we're forming in addition to that, I, you know, we're not really forming a base here, uh, maybe just over a few weeks. It's not really that much of a base. And honestly, I would prefer to see a, a further sideways chop before we really take off. Will I get it? I don't know. Um, not only because I would like to add still, but um, I think that it's, it's healthier for uh, the technicals of a stock to see a long base. Um, with that said, we're also forming a base of fundamentals, okay? So while the equities markets are going through this risk-off period, while uh, interest in uranium, uh, uranium equities has been waning and primarily due to the weak market that we've seen technically, you know, close. Now we're, we're, we're coming up on nine or 10 months of since the previous peak, right? Some of these stocks peaked in September of last year, some in October, some in November. And we had a really good rally from, you know, early February through March. That was a decent rally. But for the most part, um, you know, we didn't make a new high on that rally with some exceptions. A couple of the stocks did, Cameco did, I believe NextGen did. But for the most part, it's been uh, it's been a choppy market for the good part of the past year, with an exception of um, mid-August through mid-November of last year was extremely strong, and then a couple months this year. What I'm trying to say is that while the equities are in stasis right now, there is a base being built for the fundamental case for this investment. And that is going to give major firepower to it when it takes off, because it's not going to be a flash in the pan. It's not going to be a Wall Street bets short squeeze. Um, it's going to be a serious value investment where the companies involved, um, some of them, I mean, many of them will never produce a single dollar of cash, but um, some of them will. Okay. And it is a sector that investors can believe in because the fundamental case is being built that nuclear is a solution and nuclear can be part of a clean energy future. And that is growing by the day. So we, as, as the equities chop sideways, as they pull back further, as they gain influence entirely from the broad market, not from the fundamentals, but from the broad market and risk-off environment, generally speaking, that's what's influencing moving, movement of these stocks, not the fundamentals. So 
while the equities pull back and the valuations are unbelievably attractive here for uh, going long, the fundamental case is growing better by the day. And we're building that base, this, this beautiful foundation. We're pouring the first concrete for the, the second phase of this bull market. Okay, The first phase was from December 2020. And obviously, you know, that was after, after the COVID crash, but December, 2020 things really took off, pulled back a bit last summer and then launched in last autumn when the, when the spot price started moving like crazy with spot. On that note. Okay. I'm kind of going on the soapbox. I apologize. This is intended to be a short episode. I'm not going to go as long as yesterday, but don't doubt Sprott. I mean, (laughs) Sprott is absolutely going to see money come back in this spot. You just wait, just wait when risk come back, comes back on. And you know what? Now we know what's out there in the market. What one thing that Sprott has done is added a lot of transparency and transparency to the spot market. So when that risk come, comes back on, just watch it. Sprott is not dead. Sprott is not a dead vehicle. So my opinion, you shouldn't doubt Sprott. Money will come back in the spot and it's going to move the spot price and it's going to move it significantly while the back end of the fuel cycle is moving every other element of the fuel cycle, which I'm going to talk about right now. That was the question that came to me. Justin, I see where you have six prices and conversion prices are spiking higher again today. What does it mean to uranium equity investors? So John Quakes posted earlier today, and I retweeted it, that um, not only was, oh, he, he quoted the spot price was up. He was watching a different indicator, 25 cents. That's okay. You have six up $5.50 to $150 per kilogram. Conversion spiking $4.50 up 14% today to a new all-time record high of $37 a kilogram. All-time high in conversion pricing. Okay, so what does that mean for equities investors? Well, I've been mentioning this over and over that... um, And this was an episode I did a couple of months ago, I believe, where the fuel cycle sort of is acting like a whip, right? Where you have um, the the back end of the whip pull up and do this. And the front end of the whip is the last to really crack, okay? So the front end of the whip, that's the U308 price. Now the back end of the whip is already rising. And what we're seeing is all-time high prices and conversion. There's movements and enrichment. And all of this is going to translate to demand for U308. And that is what is coming. Now I'm going to again mention tomorrow's webinar. Uh, if you are a member, I hope to see you there. That is starting at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Time. You will receive an email one hour prior to the webinar with the join link. If you're not a member, you can join um, anytime now and get access to that webinar. And even after the webinar, the replay will be on the website. But like I mentioned, we're going to be speaking with somebody who attended the NEI conference um, yesterday. And this is somebody with deep market experience in terms of nuclear. So very much looking forward to that. And we're going to drill into the nitty gritty on exactly what is happening in the conversion and the enrichment markets, because I can tell you right now, and I can't share this publicly, but... um, it's happening. Something is happening with the enrichment market. We're already seeing movement. The expectation of what should happen in the Western enrichment market in a bifurcated market is already starting to happen. And that's all I can really say about that. Uh, so essentially, um, the the jump in conversion price just continues to uh, confirm what's happening. Also, conversion is really tight right now. There's not a lot of conversion. Converdine's coming back online next year. Hopefully, that doesn't see any issues due to supply chain or labor constraints, because we really need that conversion here in the West. And regardless, utilities, as soon as they know what they can get, 
out into the future in terms of uh, SWU capacity and conversion, U308 is coming. So that's what's coming. And um, I'm going to leave that there for the rest of, of, the, of the evening. Um, I will not see you tomorrow unless you will be there at the webinar because I'm not going to do a market minute. Uh, the webinar is two hours long. And after it's done, it's kind of like uh, I take the rest of the day off with an exception of watching the markets, of course. So I will, um, and, and you know what, I'm, I apologize as well. I will not be in the office on Friday. So I will not see you until Monday. That'll be Monday, July 25th. And I do appreciate you watching this, whether or not you are a member, whether or not you'll be there at the webinar tomorrow. Thank you. I do appreciate this audience and this channel. And uh, it's great to talk uranium on a daily basis. So thank you. Uh, I will see you again on Monday. Take care. Be well.